purple, aren't you? Oh, loving it. Look, Case Keenum. It's like Prince. <laughs> Too soon. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter, at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Mr. Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Both of us on the Fantasy Life app, at Important Nonsense. All one word, easiest, best way to ever get a hold of us. We are on there constantly. Please keep hitting us up. Subscribe, like, prop. Neil, the holidays are here. And uh, it's a time for merriment and a time for enjoying some Long Island iced teas. If you're at the Applebee's. Yes. <laughs> because yes. apparently, for the yes. remainder of the year, only $1 for some Long Island iced teas at Applebee's. Yes, I broke this for important nonsense. It's an official promotion that Applebee's is doing from now to the end of the year. Come and get your drink on. $1 Long Island iced teas. <laughs> Eating drunk in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's the only way to do it. It is the most watered-down iced tea Long Island, I bet, ever. Exactly. It's yeah, just going to be a brown water. <laughs> they cannot be selling you. That is just such a... Also, eating depression in the neighborhood for the sure. holidays, because that's also... <laughs> that also yeah, look, I mean, as depression. much as we love those dollar oh. Long Island iced teas, we have been an av- advocate on this show before sure. for the Wendy's. We've got to get us some Wendy's, some Wendy's sponsorship. Yes. If nothing else, for yes. the fact that we could, we could have the Wendy's people run our social media accounts. Because the website would just take off oh, yeah. if we could just have better. Wendy's Twitter run in the important nonsense Twitter. I mean, imagine uh, the uh, the nonsense that happens over there for Wendy's is just amazing. I don't understand how Wendy's can be so good <laughs> at social media advertising and so horrendous <laughs> at traditional advertising ever since the passing of Dave Thomas. I don't understand it. I is don't it? get it. Like. The Wendy's Twitter account is the angriest, wittiest Twitter account I've ever seen. It's mean for for a regular. Because they won't let them troll on TV, and I don't understand it. It's just wrong. They should just let this happen. Like the uh, the the guy who was asking about why are your burgers square, and they said on like the supernatural circle shape that hamburgers come in when you pick them right off the vine. Like that's just gold. That is just comedy gold. Ah. Jeez, it's it's unbelievable. They're they are just they're out there just savage. Just go, go read people. their timeline. They even reference it. it going to oh, In and Out, exactly. what should I get? That's perfect. Why are your burgers square? We don't cut corners. It's just the phenomenal yeah. reactions to all of this. Ugh. What should I get from McDonald's? Directions to the nearest Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> They go after other corporate accounts. The tweet McDonald's posts a broken link, and it's just, ah, when your tweets are as broken as your ice cream machine. <laughs> it's just, they just don't care. If I feel like the corporate execs at Wendy's are just sitting there, just, wait, we have a Twitter account? Oh, my God. <laughs> just look in on that. <laughs> oh, my God. Some yeah, of these have over half so a million likes and retweets. <laughs> it's savage. If you so, if you take away no fantasy relevant advice from this, if you take away absolutely nothing from our podcast today, just remember dollar Long Island iced teas, and you should be following Wendy's on Twitter. The football preview. Halfback passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it. No, not that football. Oh, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football news. Good news, everyone. Extra, extra, read all about it. And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. All right, getting into the news of the weekend. First and foremost... The disgrace in New York. My God, Eli Manning getting his job back. On Monday, they fired Ben McAdoo, fired the GM, and apparently the new uh, new regime, they just don't care what, what David Webb or Geno Smith look like because uh, Eli is going back to starting this weekend, so please, for the love of God, cut the man in the offseason. Just let him play for a real team. 
It is so pathetic what they have done. They broke his 200-plus game consecutive start streak for nothing. Oh, jeez. He's got to have such a chip on his shoulder at this point. Am I right? How could you not be so angry at that I mean, team I, right now? I expected nothing, and I'm still disappointed. Uh, like, right. it, <laughs> like, he... Yeah, I, and I, can, I can't... I could not understand if he wanted to stay there unless they actually, not figuratively, but actually backed up the Brinks truck to his house. Uh, the only fantasy impact from it, I thought, last week would be Evan Ingram with Geno Smith throwing him passes, but yet... He's still the only guy out there <laughs> that they're throwing the ball to. So he still found the end zone, still fantasy relevant no matter who the QB is apparently because they're just that desperate with no one at wide receiver. So I'm starting Evan Ingram every week no matter who is the QB there. Outside of that, that's that's pretty much it for fantasy relevance from this because you weren't uh, using Eli anymore. You were probably spot starting Sterling Shepard, some of you, and you can probably just go back to doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's probably possible too. You're that's right. probably fine. And, I mean, to your point about the new coaching staff putting Eli back in, I mean, it's the first rule of starting a new job. Don't do what just got the last guy fired. <laughs> like, I'm just, I just want to throw that out there. Like, I totally yeah. get it from their coaching staff opinion because it's like, I am just not going to do what the last guy did. So I'm not going to wear crappy sunglasses. I'm not going to slick my hair back and look like the chief of security. And I'm not going to bench Eli Manning. That's that. These are things I'm not going to do. <laughs> Seems pretty smart to me. Yeah. yeah. Crazy suspensions for late hits. Gronk and Juju Smith-Schuster both suspended for a game. Gronk lost his appeal. Juju lost his appeal in record time. It was about, what, 20 minutes of an appeal for him? I don't even think uh, that. Yeah, probably not. They were <laughs> like, this guy? Name. Hell no. They just read his yeah. name and rubber stamped <laughs> Moving on. So, look, I'm not a fan of either backup situation there, either Eli Rogers for Juju or what would be Dwayne Allen still, right, for Gronk with Martellus Bennett out injured. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking somewhere else if you need a replacement. There are guys available at both positions on the waiver wire that you can pick up. I mean, Julius Thomas has found his groove if you're looking for a tight end. Safarian Jenkins has an easy schedule coming up, so he's got a decent matchup you might like. I mean, like I said, there's guys you can plug and play at tight end if you need it, and same at wide receiver. There's still, there are still some people out there that that are decent enough to pick up outside of Eli Rogers. So I'm looking elsewhere if I need uh, need someone to fill in. Yeah, Marquis, good one. Well, we talked about it last week about Josh Gordon not buying into the hype. The question this week now is, Neil, were we wrong? He had four catches for 85 yards, a 12 and a half. Look, I always bought into the talent of Josh Gordon. I'm fine with that. It's just the situation that I never liked. Like I said, he had four catches last week, but on 11 targets, and he was targeted on 53.4% of the Browns' attempted aerial yards in the game last week, which was a season high for any single player. Literally over half of the time the ball was in the air for the Browns, it was meant to go to Josh Gordon. So just by pure volume standpoint, are you buying into him being fantasy relevant this year? We both agree he's relevant for next season just because something could change. But for this year, are you buying into it? I mean, 53%. Of the attempted aerial yards in the game, you kind of have to you kind of have to have at least an eyebrow raise and anything like that because it's just that's not an anomaly. That's just right. we don't have any other options. I'm Hugh Jackson and I don't want to get fired, so we're gonna put the guy out there and he has fresh legs, which is nice because he hasn't spent the whole season getting beat up like everyone else. So he's out there running around like it's like he's fresh. It. <laughs> It's not even about him, really. It's just about can the Browns look competent because you saw it. It was the first half where they were actually completing passes and Kaiser looked competent. And then we roll on through the game, and by the end, it's kind of the same old same old Browns looking like garbage. So I buy, I buy it to an extent. And also I would like to point out that last week I did make reference to we could look like complete idiots, and I believe <laughs> that, was, that was actually referring that was the to the time. Jimmy G. That yeah. was referring to Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo beating up the Bears. The board, but, yeah. Across. <laughs> but, yeah, look, 
I'm still not buying into it. I, I'm standing by what I said before. Look, Deshaun Kaiser has had moments of comp, uh, of competence, but otherwise it's been complete and utter disaster. Yeah. And Josh, look, Josh Gordon, like you said, fresh legs going out there after he hasn't played all year. They're trying to get him involved, trying to get him in the ball, sure. Yes, 11 targets is a huge amount of volume, but he had four catches, and if you watched any part of that game, two of them were freakish catches on the sideline that he had to go up and haul in because Deshaun Kaiser, yeah, he's throwing the ball that way, but Deshaun Kaiser is so terrible that he can't put it in Josh Gordon's zip code to make the catch. I'm not buying it. He still has the hardest wide receiver schedule Oh, yeah. For the remainder of the season, he has horrendous matchups the rest of the year. It, it, I feel like it was more of an, an anomaly than uh, than what's going to be the regular for him. I'm just saying, look, if you want to pick up Josh Gordon and try and spot start him, mm-hmm. you're rolling the dice. We told you that before. You got like a 12 last week. Congratulations. Right. You might get more because it's Green Bay. So I'm just saying, is that what you want to bet your playoffs on? And my guess is no. That's probably not what you want to bet your playoffs are on, because that's pretty much where we are for everybody going into week 14 at this point. Is pretty much most leagues, I would say, are transitioning to playoff mode if you haven't already, and that's kind of what you're looking at. It's like, do do I? I just don't know what your team would have to look like going into the playoffs to where you're sitting there like, it's my best option is to roll Josh Gordon. Right. You know what I mean? So it, yep. it's just tough. So like I said, to an extent, I'm buying into it because the target share is there. So now you got to figure out again, like to your point, just kind of what I was saying before. He looks competent in spurts. He looked good in the first half. He completed some passes, yeah. and then in the second half, Deshaun Kaiser looked like the, the guy that we see periodically. Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, yeah, where he's just lost <laughs> out there and he's just hucking it to like it's not even like it's close. It's like an it's like a prayer. Yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens this off season. I, I mean, man. They gotta. I don't know what you do if you're the Browns at this point. <laughs> Meanwhile, all right, Neil, getting into the pigskin pick 'em here. I have left Matt off the list because we all know where oh, he stands for the rest of the though. year. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin in fourth at 107, Brian in third at 115. I am at 117. He's creeping closer to me. And you have just run away with it at 131. I took my shots last week. I, I deserve another point on this with my two halves, but I am where I am. 117 to 131. So we start as usual with Thursday night football, a, uh, a situation that nobody wants to be in playing on Thursday night. Look, New Orleans is playing Atlanta, division matchup. It's the weakest part of Atlanta's defense is obviously their run D. We, we've talked about it every week now. They've been surprisingly stingy against the pass game. With how the Saints have let their run game and defense carry them this year, I like big games for both Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara if you got either one here. Michael Thomas, I think, will be held in check, though. Drew Brees will continue to struggle. He's been barely a top 12 quarterback to this point. So he's certainly not the same guy that's been chucking it down the field, but he'd rather win NFL games, people. I hate to break it to you than your fantasy football <laughs> league. So on the other end of it, the Saints defense, they've been pretty strong, but they haven't faced anyone near the caliber of Julio Jones this season in the secondary. They played Mike Evans earlier this year, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback at that point, so I'm kind of throwing that out the window. I mean, I think he has a strong bounce-back game here after he struggled against Xavier Rhodes last week. And he just continues to dominate opponents in the division like he's done his entire career. So it, it should be a back-and-forth game. I have the Saints winning this one on the road. I mean, we always say that on Thursday night, the matchup usually favors the defense and running of the ball. That's it's hard to game plan like your full attack. So a lot of teams try and do that. And the Saints have been doing both of those things really well for the most part of this year. And I see no reason why they're not going to have all kinds of success against Atlanta's, against Atlanta's really just bad run defense. So give me the Saints on the road in what I think will be one of the more fun games to watch this year, despite the fact that they're going to make us play it on Thursday. Sunday, 1 Eastern, Indy going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. It's early contender for Tickle Fight of the Week for sure. Look, with Tyrod Taylor hurt, it'll be Nathan Peterman, and we saw what a disaster that was a couple weeks ago. Look, however, that being said, the way to exploit this Buffalo defense is on the ground. 
No offense, uh, no offense to Frank Gore here, but the best chance to exploit that for the Colts is going to be Jacoby Brissett's legs. Him being able to be mobile and get out there on the run, I just don't think Frank Gore at this point in his career can handle a full workload to dominate a defense like they would need. I mean, Marlon Mack maybe can help him out with that, but I don't know. Even still, there, there are just too many weaknesses for the Colts' defense and too little time to list all of them here. I like Jack Doyle and Frank Gore to be usable for sure. On the Buffalo side, I just like Shady McCoy and the defense to carry the Bills to a strong victory at home. So as of now, the Bills have not ruled out Tyrod Taylor, nor will they announce a starting quarterback. They just won't say who they're even leaning towards between anybody. So what makes this tricky is no one will put a line on this game until somebody gets named. And it's just super frustrating to pick this one on a Wednesday. Uh, if it's Tyrod, I think I would like the Bills comfortably. If it's Peterman or even Webb, I might lean to the Colts. But given what we know, I'm actually going to take the Bills because I think Shady McCoy is just going to put this one on his back and just give them and just give them the edge they need because the Colts defense is just so so pathetic. Chicago going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. So many contenders this week, Neil. So many contenders. But the one I always seem to go with for Tickle Fight of the Week is the Who the Hell Knows game. And that's the one this week on the schedule. That's the Who the Hell Knows game. Because will the Bears show up? Will Cincinnati keep their terrible AFC playoff hopes alive? Will Joe Mixon even play in this game? I mean, so many question marks. It could go either way. And really, look, with Joe Mixon in the concussion protocol, Giovanni Bernard would be a usable streamer if you needed someone to fill in because the Bears have been decent against the run, but not great. The Bengals have also struggled to stop the run, so look for a back-and-forth run-heavy game, which, thank goodness for both, for everyone involved, I mean, they should just be running in defense, so this game should go by like that. It'll be the first (laughs) one to finish in the early half, and we can all appreciate that. Now that I've said that, it'll go to overtime and oh, it'll yeah. leak into the, the late afternoon. Uh, but I, I'm going to take the Bengals here just because I guess Andy Dalton over Mitchie football at home. I mean, I really have no idea, though, because, look, the Bears continuing to win games and ruin their draft position would just be two Bears to think that it can't happen. No, hashtag that's so Bears. Exactly. That's that. That's absolutely what, what they do every year. So at some point they need to win some of these meaningless games to ruin their draft spot. So I just don't think it's going to be this game. And I'm just not confident though in any of this at all. I'm taking the Bengals at home. Have no confidence in it. Could see the Bears winning this one for no reason. And I'd like to use the remaining time on this game to just congratulate the Bears for cutting Cairo Santos because we told you not even to do that anyway. And then they signed Mike Nugent. So, hallelujah. Yeah, if he didn't get hurt, there's no way he he would still be on the team. They they, they loved him too much. <laughs> uh, Green Bay going to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Talk about ugly football. I mean, all the talk this week is about Aaron Rodgers and potentially coming back next week. In this game that they should win and keep their slim playoff hopes alive, and, I mean, the the Browns are a team that just don't look like they want to win at this point. They still have the Ravens, Bears, and then Steelers left after this. So outside of maybe that game against the Bears, this is their best chance to avoid an 0-16 season. So you know what? I'm taking the Browns. Just catching the Packers off guard, just already celebrating their playoff berth with Aaron Rodgers coming back next week. I'm I'm going Browns because why not? And I may regret this because this may be the week I get burnt for picking against the Browns. The resurgence <laughs> of Josh Gordon against the horrendous <laughs> Green Bay secondary. But right. I'm reluctantly I'm going to take the Packers. But I would actually not be surprised at all if somehow this is the week that Cleveland gets their first win and probably only win because again as we said Ravens and Steelers, and then maybe you could beat the Bears. But again, the Bears, as we said, they need to win some of these useless games to ruin their draft spot. So that's the the conundrum that we'll be facing soon. 
You also have to keep in mind that, I mean, you know, Brian has Josh Gordon, so he'll probably play him against me. That's a guaranteed 40, and right. then they, they win the game right there. It's not just a 40. It's like a 68. It's okay, <laughs> sorry. Forgot. Dallas going to New York <laughs> to take on the Giants. Uh, the continuation of the sad Eli Manning saga. And it's just, as we mentioned before, this is my most, uh, this is my most out there pick by far. But I'm going to take the Giants here, Neil. I mean, look, history has shown not only are division matches super close, but that after a coaching change, for whatever reason, it kind of reignites the locker room. Just look at what the Jags were able to do last year with Doug Marone after they fired Gus Bradley. They went off and scored like 35 points and won 35-10 to 10 or something in that first game after Bradley was gone. So Eli playing with a chip on his shoulder, he's trying to show what he's still got left for any potential offseason suitors after he abandons the Giants. Cowboys are going to look past a tough division rival like they always do, just overlook them. I want no fantasy starters here on either side except for the tight ends because, like I said earlier, Evan Ingram is a must-start at this point, and even old Stumpy will have value because he's playing the Giants and they're just so bad against the tight end. So, yeah, give me the Giants to shock the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, Stumpy. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look, the odds makers have this is Cowboys by four, and I think that's how much respect they have for the return of Eli. Because think about it this way. If, let's say, none of this ever happens, and it's just McAdoo with Eli rolling over, probably have the Cowboys by more, given the performance that they had last week. So this is another right. one where I'm kind of going to reluctantly go with the Cowboys, who I they're going to undoubtedly, now that I've done this, forget how to run the ball <laughs> as soon as that game starts. Just Dak Prescott yep. chucking it down the field and then just get smoked. But they should win it. They should. They've got all the tools. They've proven it before. It's just, a, like you're saying, Will they actually show up to the game? Detroit going to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. It's a must-win for the Lions trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. The status of Matt Stafford is obviously a linchpin here, but I think they come through after getting embarrassed by the Ravens last week, keeping their playoff hopes alive, taking the Lions on the road. I don't like the phrase must-win game because people use that way too much. But we're actually at the point in the season where this starts to type of thing starts to apply. So Detroit, 6-6, six and six, you have four games to play. 9-7 and seven is not getting it done this year in the NFC, in all likelihood. One wouldn't think. So right. if you want to be a playoff team, you got to win them all. And Detroit keeps saying they want to be a playoff team. So fortunately, your last four, Detroit, Tampa Bay, Chicago, Cincinnati, Green Bay. These are all games that you can win. And frankly, these are all games that you should win if you're a playoff team. Playoff right. team a playoff team does not <laughs> lose that schedule. You win those games. None of those teams are that scary. So Tampa Bay's defense is so bad that I'm actually taking Detroit to win the first of four that they're going to need. We'll see if they can get them all. I'm not project projecting anything. I'm just saying, Detroit, you want to be a playoff team, you got to win these four games. I think they will win this one just because it's Tampa Bay's defense. Right. They're not going to be able to stop that pass attack if Matthew Stafford's out there. And uh, incidentally, I actually think Winston will be fine here. If you're if you're looking for alternatives in the uh, in your playoff game potentially here, I think Winston would will probably be fine. I'm not scared of the Detroit secondary as much as I was earlier in the year. Oakland going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The fall of the Chiefs that we predicted earlier in the season took longer than expected, but it's here. As uh, as I mentioned before, the one bright spot of late, though, has been the newfound consistency of Tyreek Hill. Not only with the deep scores, but the volume of targets and catches as well. He is a must-start every week at this point. Everyone else is disappointed. I mean, look, even Travis Kelsey and the weird game he had last week. I mean, we were joking about it. The fact that he had 24 freaking points in the first five minutes of the game... And then he had one catch for four yards in the last 55 minutes of that game against the Chiefs. Yeah. They just completely forgot he was on the team and just threw it to Tyreek Hill nonstop. So I'm taking the Raiders because as bad as they've been and as up and down as they've been, I trust their offense and defense to be more consistent and get the job done than Kansas City at this point. Marcus Peters is suspended this game. Uh-huh. Yeah. The bull call for the Kool-Aid man, whose job has got to be on the line here, you would think, in his giant yes. red shirt. I mean, 
you can't you can't do this. You can't start like six and zero, not make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, five and zero, and then they've gone one and six can't, since then. I would have to think he's do done if they don't make the postseason. And so you suspend Marcus Peters on. Well, he looked like he's quitting anyway. Not to be right. too much too rude, but he throws the flag off the field and comes back onto the field, standing there with like no socks on. I don't know, okay, I don't even know what that was about. But uh, I mean, look, it's a division game. These are all always going to play tight. But I'm also taking the Raiders, <laughs> even though the probable absence of Amari Cooper does make me a bit nervous about that. I like it more if Amari Cooper plays, but that's not a guarantee. Yeah. This week is just a friendly PSA to everyone out there. And the, Ra- the Raiders' defense is horrible, but so is so is Kansas City's. So this is going to be a no-defense game. Minnesota going to Carolina take on the Panthers. Look, I won't waste your time here, people. Okay, the, the return to prominence of the Panthers has been a nice story this year. It certainly has. But the dominance of the Vikes has been even better. And I am just salivating at the thought of the Vikings having complete home field advantage throughout the playoffs including the Super Bowl Vikings loving that purple aren't you oh loving it look Case Keenum just like Prince (laughs) too soon Uh, (laughs) look every week Case Keenum just keeps building his case for the most improved player award from the Pro Football (laughs) Writers of America that's every week just another chapter in that book of how I won that (laughs) right so, look, the only way I can see the Panthers possibly winning this game is through turnovers. That's the only way that you're somehow going to magically win this game, Carolina. you got to turn them over. And I just don't see Luke Keekley yanking another miracle out like he did last week. So, I'm taking the Vikings on the road. Give me some of that horn. San Francisco going to Houston. Yet another tickle fight of the week contender. Look, I told you there was a bunch of them, okay? But... This one didn't make the list because, again, the Jimmy G show. Yeah. He looked good. They just couldn't find the end zone. And with a top-tier run defense, the Texans should shut down any production from whoever decides to run the ball out of the Niners' backfield. The passing attack from Jimmy G would prove to be too much here, but ultimately it may just be the best game of the year to play Lamar Miller and another chance for Nuke Bomb to just completely go off. I'm taking the Texans. And this is my favorite part of the show where I get to call you Homer and then also take the Texans! Yeah! <laughs> and for the love of God, please start Lamar Miller. Please. Yeah. Just please. I can even make the case that you could start Andre Ellington in this game. Just if they're running the ball or any semblance of that, you you think about it. I mean, just just think about it. Just definitely play Lamar Miller. Just just. Yeah. Lock that in and rip the knob off for this week. And uh, my only other note on this game is if Savage blows this, I believe he's done. And same thing for uh, Fairbairn, your kicker there. Yeah, I got my Fairbairn. I think yeah. both of those guys, this is – you lose this game against the – I don't care that it's Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm sure the Texans organization would feel the same way. Like, I don't care. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. You, that, that's just hurting your own argument. You need to win this game. Right. Or you – we're going we're gonna to be going to the TJH show. Because they're 4-8, right? There's, there's no other – Yeah. Yeah. Late Sunday afternoon, Jets taking on Denver. Ooh, talk about tickle fights as well. If I told you about this game in the preseason, Neil, you'd likely tell me, oh yeah, Broncos crushed the Jets on the way to the playoffs while New York's still looking for their first win. Because I'm pretty sure that was our predictions. Something like in the, that. Uh, it, in the outside of the a little year. bit more glib than that, but yeah. It's pretty... <laughs> <laughs> so in reality, the Jets have been an offensive surprise this year while the Broncos just cannot get out of their own way. So even against a porous Jets defense, I don't think the Broncos can find any consistency on offense, no matter who's under center. The Dolphins proved that last week. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, no, this one's easy. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Simeon is just seeing ghosts out there. They're going to roll him out again. Uh, no, thank you. I'm not, I'm not falling into that bear trap Pass. place. I'll take the Jets. <laughs> Tennessee going to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. I was all prepared to say two preseason favorites that have disappointed before I looked at the tech Titans record, and then I remembered, oh yeah, they're 8-4 and four and winning the division. They've not played like a playoff team at all. That defense is atrocious. Meanwhile, the Cardinals' Blaine Gabbert resurgence is real, and it's on full display 
As I've said before, Ricky Seals-Jones is a legit tight end the rest of the way. He's one of those guys you can grab off waivers if you're looking for a Gronk fill-in this week because he has a sweet schedule the rest of the season. His bet, his worst matchup was last week, and he still had a productive day. So, I mean, I, I'm playing Ricky Seals-Jones. I'm no longer scared off of playing Larry Fitz because Gabbard has looked more competent than any other time in his career. In fact, I mean, against that secondary, he may be a strong DFS choice to go off. He could have a big game. So give me Yo Gabbard Gabbard to continue impressing and uh, embarrassing the AFC South at home, Cardinals. Uh, that's my actual analysis. Yeah. So this this just feels like a game that the Titans would blow for no reason. Because by it's just Yo Gabbard Gabbard is out there looking like he wants a real job next year. He's like, don't forget about me. I'd like to play quarterback. <laughs> I mean, good luck to the man. It's just, I'm taking the Titans. And it has to do with, in all likelihood, no Adrian Peterson for the Cardinals. And what happens then is you got to put, there's no running game beyond that. Which you don't need the running game necessarily against the Titans, but it helps to set up what they like to do. So it's just a question of who's going to be able to hold up. And... I'm going to go with the Titans will hold up in the end, but that game is going to be close, and I think it's going to be high scoring. Washington at L.A. in the soccer stadium. A tale of two conferences. The Skins, 5-7, and seven, are basically eliminated from playoff discussion in the NFC, while the Chargers are 6-6 six and six with a share of the division lead and a chance at a wild card berth. Because <laughs> that's the AFC for you, folks. This should be a tough, close game. In the end, though, I think the lack of Jordan Reed, the lack of Chris Thompson, and the lack of an offensive line kind of just ruin the Redskins' chances to uh, to do anything with Kurt Cousins, no matter how great he's playing out there. So give me the bolts to just keep on rolling. Go, Chargers, go. I mean, this could actually be a fun game. Both teams have a pass rush, but unfortunately the R's are just so beat up. They're just... <laughs> they have... They're having trouble running their offense, frankly, because of how beat up they are. So just give me the Chargers, and they're going to win this one in their empty soccer stadium. Philly, also in L.A., taking on the Rams in a real stadium. Here's a stat that may surprise you. We all know the worst run defense in fantasy is the Niners. I mean, that's obvious. They get crushed by everyone, right? But you know who the second worst rush defense is? It's uh, It's the Rams. Only San Francisco's given up more running back fantasy points than the Rams have this year. That secondary's played fairly tough, so I'd limit your uh, Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey expectations, but the run game should certainly be on point. I think the fighting golfs will turn this into a close-fought battle, but in the end, I am taking the Eagles and Carson Wentz to get back on track and steal one on the road in the battle of uh, the top two picks from last season. <laughs> I mean, this is game of the week right here. So sure. at this have point, so. yeah, at this point, they've got the line at two and a half for the Rams, but the money is swinging to the Eagles. And all I can really tell you about this is just start all your position players in this one, both teams. Just whatever, whatever you're usually rolling with, you're probably rolling with. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'd be looking elsewhere though if I've been playing the defenses, because people are. So I don't know that I'm necessarily super thrilled about the idea of playing either defense, to be honest. But uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and uh, take the Rams in what is going to be a well-fought and high-scoring game and just, frankly, Mm -hmm. get your popcorn ready for this one because I don't think you need to watch Red Zone. Just watch this. What that game is, this is the polar opposite. Seattle going to Jacksonville in a game that is all defense. So if you're an offensive fan, if you're looking for touchdowns and high-scoring, you're going to want to be watching that Rams game with the uh, the Eagles on the other side. But if you love yourself some defense and kicking, woo, Seattle-Jacksonville is the game for you. I mean, the obvious temptation here is to say, well, oh, Russell Wilson's just been too hot, and come on, it's Blake Bortles. But, I mean, then you haven't been listening to anything I've said all year. Look, Seattle's run defense has been their weak spot, and no one has tried to exploit that yet. My whole reasoning for taking the Eagles against Seattle last week was because of the fact that they run the ball the second most in the league. Now, that didn't pan out because the Seahawks controlled the lead from early on, but 
as I also mentioned last week, the only team to run it more than those Eagles is the Jaguars. <laughs> so now here's another team that can exploit their biggest weakness with this guy named Leonard Fournette. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's kind of decent at football. He should be given the opportunity to punish that Hawks run defense all day, and I think he'll just do that. I mean, as a result, the only fantasy players I really like here are Fournette and former Blitnikoff winner Marquise Lee, because that secondary is so beat up for Seattle at this point, and he's such a huge part of their offense that I, I'm all in on Marquise Lee. We both are. We know that yep. already. So, yeah, Fournette, Blitnikoff winner Marquise Lee, that's it. I don't like the defenses, I don't like the quarterbacks, but I do like the Jags at home. So do you like low-scoring games with tons of flags? Like, just flags. This game is going to take forever. Just just an FYI. This game is going to be on until, like, right before the Sunday night game. So the NFL has got your back, fam. <laughs> if, if any team should be able to get some pressure and then contain on Russell Wilson, one would have to believe that by all the numbers, it would be the Jags, right? Yeah. All the numbers would lead you to believe that this is the one team that should be able to get pressure and then contain. So they're just so strong across the board. I have to imagine that Seattle's going to struggle because they can't run the ball and they're going to have all kinds of issues trying to throw on that secondary. I mean, they're going to need to figure out how to run the ball finally, which is hard to believe, or you're going to have to ask Russell Wilson to put the cape on again and be running around. So, Anything is possible, but I'm going to go ahead and give this one to the Jags. I'm taking the Jags, and uh, I just I look for Fournette to have a nice game. And honestly, if you're playing the Seattle players due to lack of options, good luck to you. I'm also in a similar boat with Doug Baldwin. <laughs> I don't know if you have a better option than that. Good luck to you all. See you on the other side, hopefully. Sunday Night Football, Baltimore taking on Pittsburgh, tough AFC North football as uh, Mr. Roethlisberger so elegantly put on Monday night. I'm going to cop to a, a my bad moment, though, Neil, from last week, because remember I, I picked the Bengals over the Steelers, and my reasoning was they were going to get caught looking ahead to New England. And, and look, like, like I said, it's a my bad moment because the Bengals played them tough, and they actually should have won that game, as we saw, oh, yeah. if they weren't the Bengals. Yep. <laughs> but this is the game I was actually referring to here because the Steelers actually play New England next week. So, I mean, they've got the Patriots on the horizon. They have no juju this weekend. They've got a banged-up Antonio Brown. And this is a Ravens team that always gives them all kinds of trouble. So it's a hard-hitting defense that should feast on the Steelers all day long. Expect Big Ben to spend a lot of this game on his back. And I think they steal this one in a game that they desperately need to keep their unlikely playoff hopes alive. So give me the Ravens on the road. You said it. Division game. I mean, th these are actually more of a street fight than a football game some of the time. So <clears throat> I'm going the opposite way. I'm taking the Steelers, even with no Juju and some gimpy Antonio Brown, simply because it's the Steelers at home. And I honestly believe at this point the Ravens offense is kind of just that putrid. Not going to play the yeah. Lions that just don't show up for whatever reason. I think Pittsburgh is going to show up and give this a real game because it's a division game and it's at home and it's on Sunday night. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I had to take some swings this week in pigskin pick them just because I'm so swing. far it's back. Amazing. It's not a bad I had to swing, take. Though. There was like some the games that could be close that I had to take a swing on. However, Monday Night Football, there's no swing in here. No, I mean, what a, a beatdown this Come is going to be. New England going to Miami to take on the Dolphins. The only piece of analysis here isn't even analysis. It's just a question, Neil. So who scores more touchdowns this week? Is it Rex Burkhead or the Pats defense and special teams? I mean, it's cool. I got them both penciled in for two. It's just a matter of who gets the third. That's really it. I mean, Cutler pick sixes, defensive fumbles, punt and kick returns. There's more options with the defense and special teams, but Rex Burkhead is just so involved in that offense right now and he uh, him and Tom Brady the romance they have going on right now it's just it's really intriguing to watch I mean that's really it that's all there is it's Devontae Parker's become droppable he, he's just not usable right now he's not getting targeted he's not part of that offense anymore Jarvis Landry has fallen into flex territory Kenny Stills is a desperation dart throw at best 
Julius Thomas has been the biggest surprise recently. He's been extremely usable, ended up in the tight end, in, in the end zone a couple of times, and at tight end, that's all you're really looking for. If only somebody had warned you about Julius Thomas all season, I don't know who that guy would have been. Uh, I, I would just, I mean, I would start all your Gronkless Pats and take New England on the road in a, in a blowout. I mean, we just played this game. We're going to watch the exact same game just without Gronk in it. So just start all your Patriots. And I mean, I guess if you had to look at any Dolphins, I don't necessarily mind if you want to take a dice roll on Kenyon Drake or Damian Williams if you were super desperate. Kenyon Drake had a nice game last week. So right. if you were super desperate, you could take a look there because they're probably available for you. They're probably going to get some garbage time receiving yards and receptions, a little bit of both for each. So, But other than that, yeah, you really – I mean, Miami is just – Miami is just, uh, they're just so putrid. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what what, what they're going to do with that. I don't know who's just going to get turfed out. All right, Neil. Well, that's it for the NFL. We are moving on now to the Golden League update. And now for something completely different. It's time for the Golden League update. I love gold. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Well, Neil, I finally broke the curse. First team with the number one seed to win in week 13. Whew. It only took four years for that to happen. <laughs> you wouldn't think that that would be the case, but... And there it is. Wow. Yep, there it is. And then Brian, of course, crushed the Steelers to uh, 183 points. He is moving on as well, setting up the number one, number two super matchup and some rematches from the first round in the one-loss half of the bracket. So, like I said, it is on to me versus Brian. Interesting matchups this week. No Gronk for Brian, so we can't play his uh, his double tight end special. I have some decent matchups, and uh, like I said, I feel like he's got some bad ones. He's got Wentz against the Rams or Wilson against his Jags defense, so I, I don't like either scenario there for those quarterbacks. Devonta Freeman on a Thursday against the Saints' tough defense. I don't like that one so much. Carlos Hyde, as I've already said, against Houston's top-rated defense. That's a terrible matchup. Michael Thomas on Thursday. Keenan Allen's a good matchup against Washington. Uh, But then Kelsey kind of disappeared in that game. Who knows what to think with the Chiefs' defense. He currently has Kareem Hunt in his flex again against Oakland, which is probably a good play, but I have no idea because of Kareem Hunt also disappearing in that offense. The Jags D against Seattle. I mean, he also has Seattle's D against the Jags, so you're going to have that either side of that game. I don't know which way to go there because, like I said, who knows what's going to happen in that defensive struggle. And then Greg Zerloin's a kicker. So, I mean, on my end, I have the quarterbacks going against each other, kind of like him. I got Rivers against Cousins, and the Chargers have actually been the fourth best defense against QBs. So it kind of made my decision easy here to stick with Rivers against Washington. Play that out. Uh, the I have Mixon, and I picked up Bernard, so I'm going with the Cincy running back against Chicago one way or the other. Jay Ajayi against the Rams. Again, they've been the second-worst team against running back, and the projection is a 9. So I feel like he can hit a 9 against the second-worst rush defense, but who knows? Uh, Julio against New Orleans, it's a division matchup. DeAndre against San Francisco. Tyreek Hill against Oakland, you love. Kyle Rudolph against Carolina in a decent matchup. The Pats D against Miami on Monday could get me the victory with a 35. So, I mean, and I have the five-point home field advantage. So now the biggest question here is, if I don't beat Brian this week, and he's projected to beat me by 20, so that'd be 15 with the home field advantage. So if I don't beat Brian this week, is it over? Because he'd have the bye. I know, you hate to and say... Then he, and then he would get that. the five-point home field advantage into gotta, Week 16, and he'd only have to win one of those games. Yeah, you got to beat him twice. So it's it's a tough one, because at any given week, some of those guys can pop. And obviously, like the Falcons, I think, again, are going to play Tampa Bay coming up here. So maybe, right. maybe if he wins, that falls on his bye. 
so Devonta Freeman has tougher matchups outside of that, one would think. But it's it's uh, it's 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 tough. If he if he wins this game, it is very tough for anyone to be able. Yeah, that's to what I'm saying. It's like if this. Uh, just look. I've looked at his schedule projected ahead for the whole rest of the year. And of all three weeks remaining after this one, this is by far the worst matchups he has for everyone on his roster. By far. He can piece together a roster of starters that has a really good set of matchups the whole rest of the way. It's just this week, everything kind of works against him. So if I can't beat him in this game, I just don't see anyone beating him the rest of the way. It's it, it makes things so much more difficult for everyone else. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Steelers could put up, like, 80 points in one of these games. Maybe that Browns game <laughs> of the year or something. But like, I, I, and that's, yeah. that's again, the disadvantage is we just, had, we just saw him spank the Steelers this last week in a tough matchup. And even if the Steelers have some, you know, good weeks, which actually will transition us into our next game here, then, again, he has to win both of those games. Like, Mr. Flynn would have to win this week, he'd have to win the triple threat next week, and then he'd have to win both games against Brian yep. with the five-point advantage against him as well. Yeah. So, He's, cards definitely stacked against him. And, he, and it's all down to the Steelers. It's all... Yeah, as usual. <laughs> it's all right as on always. It's, we're down, the number three versus number six rematch in the one-loss half of the bracket here is Kevin and Mr. Flynn a.k.a. the Steelers, every game comes down to Pittsburgh. We all know that. I mean, it's a tough game against the Ravens, and it, because of that, I don't know. It, it, it's going to come down to that Ravens game, as we all know. Mm-hmm. That's, it's that's can the Ravens' thing. D show up and punch them in the mouth, or will they be like Cincinnati and fall apart in the second half and give the game away? I don't know. No one knows. I don't know. And whatever the answer is to that is how this game will go. I mean, Kevin has Rex Burkhead, which also, by the way, may be the best addition he's ever made off the waiver wire. And we mocked picking up Rex Burkhead a couple weeks ago until this started to happen. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, it looks like a genius move by him. So, he doesn't have Rex Burkhead in his starting lineup, by the way, I'd like to point out. We'll see We'll, we'll see if that changes before the end of the week. But as of right now, he's going to be Yeah, shots. on Mr. Flynn's side of it, it doesn't really matter because it's all about the the Steelers and we know that he's got Devontae Adams who cares Christian McCaffrey against Minnesota is a horrible matchup but who cares Evan Ingram is a decent play and then Kenyon Drake again who cares but for Kevin it's all about Matt Stafford nursing that injured hand is he going to be able to be 100% Golden Tate Stefan Diggs against Carolina is a tough matchup Mike Evans against Detroit that's all right Duke Johnson against Green Bay Leonard Fournette against Seattle I like Leonard Fournette against Seattle. That, Like I said, that's a good play. Duke Johnson against Green Bay is an all-right play. I would rather play Burkhead because I feel like he could carry Kevin to a victory well, it's also at some on point. Night. I don't I know. having a guy going on Monday night. Knowing, knowing yeah. that and I just don't know if, if Duke Johnson's going to be able to do that. And then Jimmy yeah. Graham against Jacksonville. That's been one of their weaknesses is over the middle against the tight end. <sighs> yeah, he's got good matchups. The Bengals D against the Bears? I mean, come on. Yeah. It's He's got decent matchups. It's just if he can get Rex Burkhead in that starting lineup, that could carry him to a victory on Monday. And then again, it all comes down to, does Mr. Flynn score 150 because the Steelers had a great game against the Ravens, or 96 because the Ravens won that game? That's what it'll be. <laughs> it really, it really does. Kevin probably scored 120-something, 130 points either way, right? Between 120 right. and 130 points, probably what Kevin gets. And what is uh-huh. Mr. And it's just down to the Steelers. Do the Steelers carry yep. Mr. Flynn a 140 or a 150, or does he only score like right. 100 something points and, and Kevin wins handily? It really is down to that. Yeah. That would be. And then, uh, of course, last but not least, the number four seed, Mr. Smith, against number five, David. As you called it last week, the ultimate grudge match, the uh, the rematch here. David now 2 and 0 lifetime against you in the postseason, Neil. What's up with that? He's becoming your chooper. He's working on it. I, well, it's, you can yeah, think about it in to... another way. You could also think about it as, man, Neil is so unfortunate to have to play Tom Brady that many times in the postseason, <laughs> two years in a row. I mean, if you want to think about it in that way, which is how I think about it, because that's really no, what I'm that is. About like that, yeah. Is yeah. it's not even playing David. I, I hold David no real animosity. It's it's just, man, how many times do I have to play Tom Brady in the playoffs over a two-year span? Right. 
This is so many times. I'm tired of playing Tom Brady in the playoffs. It's frustrating. I mean, speaking of Brady, it's it's already bad enough. You know he's going to be picking apart that New England, that Miami secondary oh, sure. on he's Monday, time. regardless of who he's throwing to. But if Chris Hogan manages to come back sure. and play in that game, oof, ugh. I mean, outside of that, Frank Gore against Buffalo, as I said, is a decent matchup. But will he actually stick with that? Because every time he no flirts idea. with playing Frank Gore, he rips him out of the lineup. Melvin Gordon has struggled since coming over in the trade. Look, like I said, he's just not getting the same snaps. They're trying to rest him for the postseason, have him ready to go, and Washington has a tough run defense anyway. So I hate that matchup for him. I hate the way Melvin Gordon's been playing. Jordy Nelson against Cleveland, yeah, it's Cleveland, but yeah, it's Brett Hundley. I don't, I don't like that matchup necessarily. He's got Devin Funches against Minnesota. They just shut down... Julio Jones, you want to yeah, tell me Devin that Devin Funches is going to outperform Julio Jones? No, thank you. And then, yeah, I mentioned Hogan in the flex. He just went out and picked up Steven Anderson today playing against San Francisco, which is a decent play. However, he still has Ricky Seals-Jones on his bench that he refuses to use for some reason. I don't understand that. But whichever tight end he goes with there, they both have decent matchups. On your end, you're going with Famous Jameis? Against Detroit? So much of this is TBA. This is what I have I right mean, now. Talk to me. I mean, but that's the, most, that's the most urgent because Matt Ryan's playing on Thursday. Well, yeah, that's that's my – again, that's why I said talk to me tomorrow because I haven't right, officially yeah. made a decision yet. It's just that I am leaning towards famous Jameis because I don't like the Matt Ryan on Thursday night thing. I don't. I sure. don't. Can't blame I'm you. I'm not a fan of having to start my – lifeline in the playoffs banking it all on Matt Ryan on Thursday night against the tough Saints defense when arguably Jameis Winston has effectively the same matchup it's just he's playing on Sunday so I I haven't made a decision yet but I'm, I've been wrestling with that for a couple days so I don't know what I'm going to do but right now I'm leaning towards Jameis again we'll see how tomorrow goes you got McKinnon against Carolina. It's a tough matchup there. But Kamara against Atlanta, he should feast as he has been. Doug Baldwin against Jacksonville, you do not like that matchup at all. Larry Fitz against Tennessee, though, is a great matchup. They could uh, Together, they should have about a 40. It's just, does that mean a 35 from Larry Fitz and a 5 from Doug Baldwin? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, you don't know. We don't know. And then uh, Hunter Henry against Washington. I, the reason I hate Hunter Henry so much is the fact that the dude cannot decide if he wants to be the primary pass catcher or if or if Phil Rivers is going to keep throwing it to Antonio Gates for no reason. It's just ridiculous how much Antonio Gates still gets targeted in the red zone. I, I, I don't understand it. Just please retire so we can just have some clarity there. That would be great if that could happen. But it's either that or Jared Cook. And, I don't know, you always pick wrong, so I, I guess Jared Cook's the way to go. Michael Crabtree playing against Kansas City is a great matchup, especially if Amari's not there, because then that's just that's more for Michael Crabtree to feast on. And then right now you got the Rams, but that's subject to change. Yeah, that's subject to change. Well, lots I'm going with. And, uh, I mean, I have a couple bench alternatives as well, Uh Outside of just Matt Ryan, I don't think Adrian Peterson's going to play. I'm just getting that vibe. Ooh, get, that's right. You got the Texans D against San Francisco. That's a uh, that's a great play right there. I'm thinking about that, or I'm thinking about going back to the waiver wire because there's a couple waiver wire options that exist that are uh, that are fantastic that are also sitting out there. If I want to, I could also waiver claim for uh, the Vikings, the Bears. Yeah. Or the Bills. All interesting. All very live options. So there's many live options of defense this week uh, still available going into the, this playoff matchups. So I'm I'm thinking about I'm thinking about uh, waiver claiming the defense out. But outside of that, uh, <clears throat> outside of that, yeah, it's it's a I don't like the matchup for Jared Cook at all. So of course, so he's gonna have like a huge day. Mm-hmm. 20 something right on my bench probably and uh yeah outside of that it's it, uh, it's uh the only other intriguing one is is danny woodhead but he kind of went invisible last week so it's making it 
difficult to even want to consider that. So that's why I was saying yeah. I, I don't know that I have a better option than Doug Baldwin. You know what I mean? Because like, you, you, you love right. the other two receivers, so I could flex Doug Baldwin and bring in the other options. Mm-hmm. But with the way that people are just kind of drifting at this point, I feel like what's in there for the most part is probably what it's going to be, except for quarterback and defense are the two real decisions yeah. that you'll have to make. No, yeah, not, I mean, not to help you out at all, but as I've uh, written several times now, the number one defense for the rest of the year is uh, the Ravens that I have. The number two schedule-wise defense is the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. They have a uh, they have a pretty choice schedule the rest of the way, so That's why I was looking at It the, would not be the worst pickup in the world if you went out and got the uh, the Vikings. So it, certainly interesting play, say the least. Yeah. So uh Neil, we have been chronicling the awards. We will finish it this week. The the last but certainly not least MVP award. We went through the whole thing last week about the whole process and how it is decided based off the ranks. And I will tell you it came down to fractions of a point, and uh, the uh, the three finalists this year, of course, were Brian, you, and me. And uh, in the end, the final vote was uh, by point one oh three. It was myself. Oh wow! I am this year's twenty seventeen league MVP. Nice. So I blocked Brian. I figured, blocked yeah, Brian, Brian from his sweep. sweep. Okay, there you go. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, so the uh, the key difference came down to I beat the number one team twice, mm. and because of that, I ended up having just slightly more uh, weekly points than he did in the end. So yeah, it was a fraction that I was able to edge him out there. But oh, yeah, he was, also like, good. Standing up to good on to, it. to to like go get his award and put a tiara on and. <laughs> he had his diamond shoes all fitted yeah. and uh they were just a little bit too tight they were just a little bit too tight so yeah i I stole one of the awards away from him now i gotta steal a game from him this week and try to put myself in position to go back to uh to a smithy bowl here i have not been to the smithy bowl since 2011 last time i won it so i would guarantee my spot with a victory this weekend I'm hoping it can pan out for me. Yeah, I mean, because I do not want to go into that triple threat. I mean, I got some great matchups if I do go to the triple threat, but the the, the guarantee, the, hill, the assurance the hill, is now the hill you have to climb. Yeah. for the triple threat, as we were talking about, is so hard at this this season. Exactly. Even if I was to win it, I would then have to beat Brian twice with the five points against me, as opposed to now when it's working for me. Yeah, if you just go, let's just take anything out of it and just go by the projections. It would be. Me, it'd be you, me, Mr. Flynn, in the triple threat game, and that's a live game right. that anybody could win. But your reward for winning that is you got to beat Brian twice now. Right. So congratulations. And you're, and you're starting every game at negative five. And you're starting every yeah. game down. There. So congratulations <laughs> to you for your. So yeah, that 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 kind of does lend some credence to your argument of like, yeah, if you lose this week, it's probably over because Brian's got a pretty tight grip on it. Nothing's officially ever yeah, you know, exactly. over until it's completely over, obviously, as, as cliched as that is. But, yes. but uh, yeah, oh, boy. That's a big big old, big game there. No pressure on that one. Absolutely. <laughs> so we will see what happens through all that. We will prep for the always exciting triple threat match next week. Looking he's, forward to that, as always. He's going to be drinking rum and cokes out of a pitcher this week, folks. I just want you to know, like, <laughs> absolutely, he's going to be making, like, a blender drink, and it's not even a blender drink. It's just a giant rum and coke slushy that he's just dr- That's it. drinking yeah. out of the whole day. It's the only way Steve's getting through this game against Brian. Oh, yeah. Over, yeah, under, yeah, under, I don't know how I'll survive Xbox it. controller before this day. So, for instance, two. <laughs> two yeah. Xbox controllers. Just about, just about. Especially if there's any yeah. kind of shenanigans, which because it's football, there will obviously be shenanigans. Always, always, always. It'll this will be the this will be the day that for no reason whatsoever Carlos Hyde puts up a thirty. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what'll happen. Of all the people to burn me, it'll be him. Yeah, but you the, know it. What'll it'll, be also interesting is when the, Kyle Rudolph will throw in Josh Gordon for a forty. Yep. And then and then Carlos Hyde will have a thirty for no reason, and I'll lose by like half a point. For something ridiculous, because <laughs> I have the Monday night game with the uh, the the whole Pats defense against Miami. So at for the at the end there, I'll be winning, and then uh, they'll give up like an extra five yard run. 
that means nothing but puts him over 300 yards rushing, so I lose three <laughs> points, and that's how I lose the game. Something ridiculous like that. That's how it'll happen. Like, I can't just get pummeled and walk away. Like, it'll be something no, no, crazy no, that I'll have to, that I'll have to haunt me for the rest of my life. Yes. Yeah, no, it has to go all the way down to the wire. It can't just be over. Yeah. It has to go the full maximum length that it can go, meaning that it also has to Correct. go all the way to the end of the Monday night game. So you can't just turn it off and go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you sit there. I can't just get sleep. Yeah, I have to watch thing, it. Even though it's a total bludgeoning and <laughs> it's 28 mm-hmm. to nothing in the second quarter. That's what it's gross. That's what it'll be. That's exactly what it'll be. So I'll try to get through that, folks. I'll try, but I doubt I will be able to. We'll see. Someone else will be hosting this with you next week, Neil, because I'll just be too too hungover still, too comatose, too comatose. Yeah, bed rest for two straight days. Get your together. Yeah, it's gonna be. It'll be rough. So yeah, we will look forward to that. We will be previewing. Uh, the triple threat match, as I said, we will be previewing a triple threat match also from the uh, the lottery bracket. Give you an update on the lottery bracket, what's happening down there, and uh, yeah, we'll be we're getting ready for the end of the season here. Playoffs winding down, getting ready for the holidays. So a uh, lot a lot of stuff going on coming up here, Neil. Yep, it's the final push to the end of the year. So good luck to everybody, because I imagine, like I said before, at this point you're probably playing for the playoffs. So yep. Good luck. Set them. Hopefully Absolutely. everything works out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't let somebody be your Bryce Brown. Yeah, just. So uh, yeah. And don't let it be. Till next week, everybody. Brown. Make sure again, at nonsense underscore Steve, at nonsense underscore Neil, at important nonsense on the Fantasy Life app, and always keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.